Hello and welcome to another edition of Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, where Team Needham discusses everything healthcare. I'm your host, Sean Needham, and I am streaming live from my Team Needham podcast studio. And I am super excited to have Dr. Greg Snyder on our podcast. I met him at Dr. Jack Wolfson's office, natural cardio, natural heart doctor, down in Scottsdale a few months ago, back in um, November, and had a great chat with him and and talks. We, we just talked about how chiropractors can help people get back to their daily lives, and um, we were just chatting before the show on how important when I think of health, that's really what I think of why we want to stay, why we want to eat right, why we want to sleep right, why we want to do the right kind of movements, the right kind of exercise um, and see the right kind of healthcare practitioners because of our daily lives. We want to be able to function in our daily lives. And when you think about the breakdown of people when they get sick, it's really they start having a hard time getting up Um, out of bed even. Um, They have a hard time walking. Those are daily functions that that, um, we want to be able to do to stay healthy the rest of our life. So chiropractors can actually help us get back to function and keep us in function. So Greg, welcome to our show. Thanks for having me, Sean. Glad to be here. Tell us a little bit about your history of how you kind of were first um, introduced to chiropractic uh, work. Yeah. So, uh, well, I guess I kind of have to start a a little farther back, but uh, growing up, I was very involved in athletics. It was important for uh, my father to push kind of me and my brothers uh, to pursue, you know, athletics and to some extent growing up. And I found that, you know, I kind of had a passion for it myself uh, through adolescence. And after college, I started kind of out as a personal trainer uh, and I was kind of doing a bunch of different things at the time, running 5Ks, you know, just being generally athletic. Um, And I had gotten involved in in CrossFit. Uh, And that was a big passion for me. Um, That was kind of a life-changing thing. Um, As I did have a passion for athletics, that was kind of my first experience of being involved in a community of like-minded people who were health-focused and personally uh, excellence-focused, you know, kind of pushing themselves and um, just trying to see what their potential could be uh, in any particular uh, way. But uh, I met a chiropractor through my gym there. And up until that point, I hadn't really been exposed much to um, chiropractic or rehabilitation exercise or anything like that. You know, I've heard, I heard of them. I kind of knew what they do, uh, but I didn't really understand what the benefits might be. Um, but you know, I had this, essentially this neck pain where I couldn't really turn my head all the way to the right. And I had this kind of numbness and tingling going down into my fingers. Uh, so I went to see this guy and, you know, I had my first adjustment when I was 25 years old. So for some people, I, you know, I was a little behind the ball. I know there are patients I see all the time who've been adjusted from birth, which is great. Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, it was it was kind of again it was life changing, and the fact that you know I had been dealing with this kind of lack of of motion and this kind of operating at you know maybe seventy percent of what I was capable of um, for longer than I knew. I didn't even know what I didn't know in terms of you know um, what was what was wrong with me, so to speak. Um, but he he adjusted me. 
Um, I felt an immediate difference. And then in conjunction with that, he gave me a kind of a battery of corrective exercises to help focus on strengthening my hips and my back, as well as kind of the function of my shoulders in order to kind of make sure that long term I was set up for success and I would able to continue to do the things that I love to do kind of going forward. And it was pretty much you know, after that, being a personal trainer at the time, I got hooked onto it. And I think within six months, I had applied to uh, Logan University, which is where I ended up graduating in 2021. Oh, wow. I mean, that's pretty compelling from yeah. not really knowing much about chiropractic to six months going to chiropractic school. That's it was, really, yeah. yeah, it was, uh, I like I said, I, I mean, the combination of the adjustments with the uh, consistently doing the exercises, I mean, it was pretty incredible the difference I could just feel not just you know my level of overall soreness or pain but just my ability to kind of move better and again my you know uh being someone who was trying to realize my potential physically um I could the difference was there for sure well I think that's one thing that a lot of people don't know about chiropractors and I'm glad you're educating us about that today is that you know, a, a lot of times they think it's just adjustments. That's all chiropractors do is just adjustments. But um, I've been to multiple chiropractors and one of the best things I think they do is educate us on, you know, like you say, certain exercise and movements to do at home between adjustments so yes. we can stay functioning in our daily lives and and um, um, stay competing at whatever sport or whatever athletics or whatever um, activity we want to do. Um, yeah. And that's, that's the important thing. That's why we're talking about function. So we can just function in our daily lives. Yeah. Um, so I do, I want to share a story about um, an injury I had as a chiropractor and, and, and how I think about it. Cause I'm thinking about your story too. I'm thinking about what would have happened if you would have went to a traditional doctor with your neck pain. And, and we, we know as a pharmacist, we know probably what would happen is they would give you some anti-inflammatories, maybe some muscle relaxants and send you on your way. And then, you know, um, not really fix the problem. I mean, just we're just masking the symptom. Right. Right. Yep. Um, and I had something that happened like that. Uh, it would have been about five years ago. And I had some back pain and I, I thought it was kidney pain, like flank pain, kidney pain, um, you know, related. And um, so I. I, and, you know, and it's kind of funny, Greg, you know, and you, you know this from talking to my wife and I, but, we, you know, we're, we're two pharmacists that believe in very conservative treatment when it comes to drugs. And for yes. long-term disease, we just don't believe in, in, in drugs for long-term disease. Mm -hmm. So anyway, one of my friends, you know, obviously we're, we're in the medical profession, so we're around people all the time that can prescribe drugs. Yeah. And they're like, well, you know, I can prescribe you some anti-inflammatories and some muscle relaxants. I'm like, no, I don't really want to do that. I want to, I want my problem fixed. Anyway, um, I went to, I hadn't been to my, been to my chiropractor in like a year. I just put it off and it just, I, and anyway, went to the chiropractor and um, they did some adjustments and some mild massage. And I mean, my back pain was better. I mean, almost immediately. And I thought, how many people over the years have I given medications to for back pain for yeah. years that all they needed was some chiropractic work? Yeah. And the side effects from the drugs, you know, I mean, yeah. unreal. I mean, one of the, we had a chiropractor on our show before. And one of the things that he mentioned, and I, I didn't realize this until 
until he mentioned it, is that one of the advantages a chiropractor has, not a disadvantage, but an advantage a chiropractor has is a chiropractor can't prescribe drugs. That's an advantage. You guys have to find ways to fix things, not just treat symptoms with drugs, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. So it's, yeah, you have to come up with, you can't rely on this, this, um, I don't know, what what do you, uh, duct tape approach where you're just kind of throwing it and it's just like, yeah, you're going to feel better or you're just treating the symptoms. It's like, well, the symptoms are a response to the source of the issue. And I can't just, if I'm going to get rid of your symptoms, I have no choice but to focus on treating the source of whatever it is that's going on with you. Because I don't have the, like you said, the, the pharmaceutical duct tape to handle uh, those symptoms and just, you know, give you the magic, you know, what have you. So, yeah, yeah. right, right. So um, tell us um, a story about how, you know, recently, if you can remember um, somebody that you've treated that, you know, was just a very, um, very rewarding case. You know, they, they, they had some kind of pain or, um, function problem and, and you treated them and, um, and had, and had success. Tell us the story about that. Yeah. So I had, uh, a, uh, a patient in actually just uh, a couple of weeks ago who I, he, he was a little older. He was in his, uh, 40s. I did meet him through my. Oh, wait a, no, wait a minute, Greg. A little <laughs> older? Come on. A little, a little older. Right? <laughs> a, little older. a little older than me, I guess. A little older than me, being 32. Um, I know. That was, I misspoke there. I misspoke there. He's, young. He's, he's young, super young. Not old, old. But um, he was. Uh, he was he was having some trouble with his with his his shoulders. Um, specifically, uh, he anytime he would work out, he would have uh, an issue pressing overhead. So, um, and I, I believe that you know there is no such thing as a bad movement or a good movement. I think that's um, something that you know I, I feel I need to touch on. There's only movements that our bodies are prepared for or not prepared for. Mm, yeah, good point. Um, so, uh, there's nothing wrong with the overhead press. Now, that being said, while I was treating him, we did step away for it, from it for a minute, but the goal ultimately was to get him back to being ever to press, to press overhead again. Right. So if anybody, um, you know, I never want to be, or don't think it's, you know, the right thing to say to anybody, well, just avoid, just, just don't do that yeah. anymore. Right. Right. Like, yes. Yeah. That's, that's not, that is never the answer. I, I love that. I, sorry to yeah. interrupt you. Please keep, uh, keep your train of thought. Yeah. I love that because as, you know, um, I, let's, I'm a competitive mountain bike rider. Yes. Um, and if if I went to a doctor and they told me, well, you're just going to have to quit riding my bi- your bike. No, that's not the answer. That's not why no. I came here. I don't no. want to stop riding my bike. My bike is part of my life, part of my function. I want to keep riding my bike. So I love that. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Okay. So go on with the story. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we, uh, he came in, he had, like I said, he was pressing overhead, mainly really had problems coming down and what we call kind of the eccentric phase of the movement. So when you kind of go up, that would be called the concentric phase coming down would be the eccentric phase. Um, and so we 
I noticed that, you know, his, his mid back extension, like many people was not great. Um, he also had some, some neck pain as well. Um, and the body is intimately related and connected in terms of how it moves. So just because you have pain in your shoulder doesn't mean it's not ultimately, um, the consequence of other stuff right. not moving well, right? right? So your shoulder may be more stressed simply because your 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 mid back is not in a position to where it can handle um, stress as well, right? So we we adjusted him regularly. Uh, we did some soft tissue work to kind of help with the pliability of the muscles around the areas that weren't allowing the motion as much. Um, and then we did some isometrics and some strengthening exercises for the shoulder itself. Uh, and I would say in about a couple of weeks, we're still working together. Um, he's, you know, we're doing the exercises again to set him up, uh, for long-term success so that again, he's, these, these areas are moving better and, you know, that's not always a super quick fix, but we were able to, able to bring down his pain to a tolerable, tolerable level to where he is now able to press again without pain, um, in about two or three weeks. Wow. So um, now he's we're, when I say that we're not, he's not, you know, setting PRs just yet. Um, we're trying to take it a little slower to make sure, again, that long term um, he's moving in a way that's conducive to uh, his success. Uh, but we are definitely kind of moving in the right direction there. I, I love that. I love that. So we do have a comment from one of our um, viewers. Yeah. I'd like you to answer it. So Linda. Roth Harless, she is a, thank you for listening and watching, Linda, your loyal uh, viewer. There are times you should tell a patient not to do certain exercises that will hurt them. There are moves the body should not do. Can you comment on that, Greg? Yeah, so um, I, I understand that that's, that is kind of a, a perspective, but when it comes to, you know, soft tissues, uh, the bones, muscles, tendons, ligaments, um, it's all about the you know, as I said, uh, the management of, of load or what the body is or is not prepared for. So for instance, you know, it is a big, um, for instance, CrossFit. I do CrossFit. A lot of people oh, CrossFit, it, it injures you, you get injured. Um, and though that does happen to people in CrossFit. And what I would say is in that situation or any other situation, um, is you're doing more than what you can handle, um, before your body's ready for it, right? So if, if you, you know, let's say you want to do pull-ups and you start to injure your shoulder because um, you're doing the, the kipping stuff, right? Well, that kipping is putting an extreme amount of load on your biceps tendon that if you haven't worked up the tolerance to that load yet by doing, you know, uh, traditional pull-ups or other exercises to strengthen those tendons uh, and ligaments, then you're going to set yourself up for failure or you're going to set yourself up for injury. So again, the body responds to, you know, to, to load volume, intensity and movement uh, in a way that is kind of dose dependent. So it's just like anything else. You have to kind of start small and work up to it in order to um, kind of be healthy and build that tolerance to it. But I don't believe that there is any, particular movement that is uh, necessarily bad for you in, uh, you know, under certain conditions for sure. Yeah, no, that's a great, great uh, educational point there. I, I, I really appreciate that you went into that in yeah. depth. And um, 
I was actually going to mention the CrossFit thing. I, I have a chiropractor friend who's very healthy. That's what I love about um, chiropractors is most of you guys are very healthy yourselves. Um, and he's, he mentioned that, you know, CrossFit is some of his best business. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so you being a CrossFitter, I was going to ask you about what you think about that, but you just answered the question. Um, you know, cause you know, you see I, some of the, the best videos you can watch on CrossFit are, you know, YouTube CrossFit fails. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I mean, you know, the snatches, some of the snatches are some of the best ones, Yeah, um, but they get injured and um, it, it's basically what you're saying is they're just, they're overdoing it. They're not prepared to, to, to do that much, that much weight or that much volume right. or that quickly at that intensity. That, yep. Yeah. Under, under fatigue before they exactly. properly learned how to yeah. do the movement correctly. And sometimes even it's not even or you know, that that's one part of it. But the other part is, is as we talked about, you know, earlier when I was mentioning my patient case is if their body is not able to synergistically function um, the way it needs to, for instance, if I don't, you know, we talked about snatch, if I don't have the ability to extend through my mid back well, and I, you know, I can't get in the position to, to hold a snatch in the right way. And what that's going to do is it's going to put additional stress on areas that uh, shouldn't be stressed in that particular way. Yeah. So it is a combination of not just uh, load tolerance, but also making sure that the body is, first functioning in the way that it's able to tolerate those movements. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'll tell you, I, I, snatch is one of the, I think one of the best, most explosive overall exercises of complete full body workout. Um, but I can tell you right now, if I tried to go and do as many snatches that I could with, you know, fairly moderate to heavy weight right now, I guarantee you I would get hurt. Oh yeah. You, you yeah. Know, I mean, you know, but, I, but, the, but you can also work up to it and that, yeah is a comment we can bring up from her. You know, I, I disagree with the saying no pain, no gain. And, and, and I do too. I mean, you know, when we exercise, it's, it, it's going to hurt, but we got to know what kind of hurt that is. Exactly. You know, if it's hurt, it's going to bring injury, then absolutely. You know um, you know, our body does send us signals to um, pain signals to, to know when we're overdoing it. Can you comment on that? Yeah, uh, I do agree that the no pain, no gain approach is uh, that is not something I would ever tell anyone. Uh, there is a difference between soreness and uh, muscle fatigue or, you know, lactic buildup uh, and true pain. If, if, you know, it's it's it takes some, I think, experience um, to kind of understand the difference. Um, but. I mean, yeah, if, if you're getting, you know, sharp shooting pains uh, somewhere while you're performing an exercise, that is a no-go. That is a red light. Do not do that exercise. Um, again, we go back, we address, well, why are you, why is that happening? What is it that you're doing? Uh, is it, are you moving too much too quickly? Uh, is there something going wrong with function? But that is definitely a red light of let's, let's take a step back. Let's kind of look at what's going on and let's kind of, you know, maybe go a little bit lighter or, or modify the movement somehow. Absolutely. What are your thoughts about Linda also mentioned about people that aren't stretching before exercise? What are your thoughts about stressors or about stretching? There's, there's arguments on both sides. Um, I don't think I do enough of it. Uh, my yeah. coach does prescribe it, but I don't, do enough of it, I, you know, hey, hey, we, we can all do it a little bit more. I'm guilty. Of it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so, you know, I, it's one of those things. It's like, you don't feel that you're getting a lot of benefit from it. 
So you just like, ah, you just push it away, right? So yeah. tell us what your thoughts are about about stretching or or warm ups. You know, warm ups are. I'm so here's the thing. I've been trying to get better at it. I've I've been the guy. Granted, because of I'm passionate about it, but I was the guy in the corner that would warm up for 45 minutes before I'd even start my workout. So I'm a uh, I'm a little biased, I think. But uh, as far as stretching goes, uh, I do think it is it is beneficial. It's, it is it is beneficial, especially after an exercise or after a workout. Um, you know, there's there is kind of a debate on, or not a debate, but a, a difference between what is considered pliability and mobility. So people kind of get these, these terms uh, a little confused. So pliability would be static stretching and mobility would be your ability to essentially actively achieve a, a position. So you're, you're consciously contracting a muscle as you're kind of going. So you're not just basically you know, holding your leg over your head Whereas like if you tried to actually pull your leg over your head, maybe you get about 50% of the way there, right? Um, but stretching is great after um, after a workout. Uh, it does help with pres- preserving function and the pliability of tissues, which is important. Um, but ultimately what we what, what is kind of neglected is the act of mobility, the, the ability to actively move uh, a joint or a limb into a position that it needs to go into. So stretching generally won't kind of help with that. Um, but it is, it is kind of an important, uh, component of it. If that makes, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I, I like the, I like the, the, the term you're using, you know, it's a common term, but I like, I like, I like the context you're using it, the mobility. Yeah. Um, and you know, when you think about what we're trying to do with warmups or cool downs, um, it's really mobility. I mean, I, I think about my warmups and my cool downs on a bike and, you know, yeah. after a really intense ride or really intense race, the last thing you want to do is stop pedaling your bike and get off because you're going <laughs> to, I mean, you're not going to be very mobile. Uh, I mean, <laughs> no, you're, you know, your hamstrings, like and, a 10 man. And, right, right. Yeah. Your hamstrings and your glutes are going to be completely blown up. Yeah. And, 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 you know, so I like, I like how you put mobile in there. Yeah. Yeah. So as a, as a chiropractor, um, what, what kind of age groups you, you mentioned, um, you know, uh, babies, but what, what yes. kind of age groups you take care of when it comes to chiropractic work? So chiropractic work, uh, we, you know, we believe that everybody should be, you know, uh, adjusted, right? So obviously it's going to look different. Uh, I'm not going to adjust, you know, an infant or a toddler the same way I would adjust a full grown adult. Um, what I may do is just apply some pressure points, assess, you know, the, the alignment of the, of the spine, um, just make sure everything is kind of where it should be, how it's, you know, how it should be moving. Um, but, uh, I, you know, I adjust, uh, plenty of people's kids. I adjust, um, men and women that are in their seventies, eighties. Uh, I even think I treated a 90 year old the, uh, the other uh, day. Um, again, everybody's spine is going to be a little different, you know, as we age, it, it might be, a the mo the mobility of the spine might be a little different, but the benefits of an adjustment, um, is, is you know, it's, it's, it's there for, for everybody. I love that. So tell us some, I, when we think of, you know, we talked about it, um, I think because of your background, being a personal trainer and being, mm-hmm. you know, having a CrossFit background and stuff, you, you obviously are going to treat a lot of athletes, yeah. um, or weekend warrior type people. 
Um, what about common day-to-day stuff um, and maybe even common, common day-to-day disease states that chiropractors can help with um, in, in working our way back to optimal health? Mention some of those things. Yeah. So uh, I, I, I primarily, there are many different chiropractors who kind of practice different ways. Um, <clears throat> I, I hear them on the natural heart doctor team. Um, and so I, I focus on my area of dealing with kind of uh, chronic musculoskeletal pain okay. uh, function, um, regardless of what, you know, athletes or everyday people. Right. Um, so uh, I will, you know, people come into me with low back pain and they are, you know, blue collar workers or they are just somebody who isn't an athlete. They just, you know, maybe they work out three times a week and they just have, you know, back pain. And, you know, everybody is, and I, I know we're, we're focusing on general population, but I truly believe that everybody is an athletic body. I, I, I agree with you a hundred percent. We were created to be athletes. Yeah. And so it's, we should, we should, we should all train like athletes. We should all eat yes. like athletes. We should all sleep yep. like athletes. Perfect. Yeah. I love that. Great. Go, go ahead. So everybody is an athletic body to varying degrees, right? We're not all professional athletes, but everybody is made to move and made to, to strain and, uh, and, and in uh, many different ways. So just because, you know, I might treat, you know, a collegiate athlete, um, it's, you know, uh, they are, you know, people see them as something entirely different than, you know, the middle-aged woman with two or three kids. And to, to, to some extent, maybe the degree of, you know, what their activities are, um, you know, is different. But ultimately, I look at them the same way uh, because a body is a body. Yeah. So, you know, if, you know, this, this woman comes in with low back pain, well, I'm still going to look, are her hips stable? Uh, are the joints moving well? Uh, is the pelvis and, you know, and the, the joints of the low back, are they synergistically moving in a way that's conducive to, um, you know, long-term, you know, stability or function? Um, I'm going to approach both of these, these people in the same way. Um, in order to just maximize their ability to move the way that they need to um, in their own individual lives, whether that's scoring touchdowns on the football field or just being able to kind of, you know, go shopping, do their job, take care of their kids, whatever it is. So, yeah, I love that. And I, I, I use that analogy often is that, you know, treat our bodies like an athlete because, um, when you look at us ancestrally speaking, you know, centuries yes. and centuries ago, we were made to run after animals and kill them, you know, and so we had to run. We had to be strong to, to, to however we killed it, whether it be through a spear at it or tackled it or whatever we had to do. Um, and then we had to carry it. So we had to be strong there. And, yep. um, you know, and then the eating portion, um, you know, we ate good raw whole foods whole foods yeah yeah and and there were and we had to we had to work to get our food whether yeah. it be pick berries or pick fruits or pick vegetables or go run after an animal um it wasn't in our pantry and our refrigerator at at our disposal all the time which also brings me up to fasting there were times we had to fast because we didn't have food <laughs> yeah and our bodies and our bodies were made for that 
And that's why, you know, and that's why this, you know, intermittent fasting, multi-day fasting, we're talking about all the, you know, killing the zombie cells and all that stuff. And it's like, well, yeah, our bodies were made to exist for a period of time without food. And it's, and it's interesting. We talk about, you know, the movement and stuff, because it's, you know, anthropologically speaking, we are nomadic creatures. Yes. So when we say that, you know, you know, everybody's an athletic body. That's that's true because we, as you mentioned, we were made as 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 you know creatures to move. That is that is our primary yep. function to move from place to place. Place we are hunters and gatherers. Yeah, um, that is how we evolve, and that is how our body functions and responds to different things. So, and, and when you mentioned that uh, about the fasting one, our body was designed to fast. Well, why do you think we're so good at storing fat? And unfortunately, yeah. right? I mean, because yeah. we were designed to not be able to eat for days. Yeah. And now <laughs> and we exist. Yeah. With all the food we have now and an overabundance of it, we just store too much fat as Americans mostly. Yes. Yeah. And that, exactly. So, yeah, we're now we're in this environment where, you know, caloric scarcity is not a thing. Right. Where we have access to, to all these things that, you know, uh, you know, sugar and, and low, low abundances was, you know, it was a, almost a delicacy back in the paleo. These things that were, you know, there's a reason why we're programmed to, you know, crave these certain things in certain quantities because they provided a, nece- a necessary part of our diet, energy. But now that we have an abundance of these things, refined sugars, you know, all this stuff, it's, it's become a problem. Um, yeah. It's become a problem and uh, a problem of too much accessibility. Yeah, right. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I tell people one of the one of the problems in America is that in general, um, we basically have an unlimited food source. Yes. I mean, just by going home in our pantries and our refrigerators, we have an almost an unlimited food source. Um, and, and and if it's not unlimited there, we have access to it other places. You know, yeah. that we can get it at the grocery store or wherever we can get that, whether it be at McDonald's or wherever we can get that food. Yeah. Um, we have unlimited access to it. And, that, and that's, that's a problem. Yeah. And I mean, you have these, you know, in the last couple of years, and I'm sure they, you know, eat over, you know, the quarantine, you know, a couple of years ago was probably even worse. But, you know, the the apps, the Uber Eats, the DoorDashes, now you don't I, even have to leave your house. No, I you can know. get these things. Somebody else will bring it. Right. Yeah. yeah. You don't even have to move to get your food now. <laughs> literally, I mean, no. literally, and, and how bad I is that? Totally opposite of what we were talking about that we did centuries ago. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, that is just that's a real problem, you know. Yeah. And you don't have to cook your food either. That's a problem too. You don't yeah. have to prepare it. So, man, this has been a great conversation. Uh, we're going to have to stay in touch, and I'd like to have you on um, talk about some other subjects too. We could go on and on with all these panels. <laughs> I love it. We're on the same page. I, I just, I really love yeah. it. So um, as we wrap this podcast up, what do you have a passion for? What do I have a passion for? I have a passion for, I mean, yeah, we've kind of hit, hit the name, uh, hit the hammer, the na- oh man, hit the nail on the head here a few times, but I have a passion for movement. Uh, I have a passion for, again, helping people be lifelong athletes, uh, explore their physical potential, whether they're 14, 44, 64, 84, what have you. Um, everybody always, you know, you can always make progress in a particular area. And I think in order to live a high quality, happy, healthy life, uh, movement needs to be a part of your lifestyle. I love that. Gosh, I love that. Um, so if anybody has any questions, what's the best way to get a hold of you? 
Uh, yeah, the best way to get a hold of me would probably be through uh, Instagram, which would be uh, at uh, Doctor Dot Greg Dot Schneider. Um, yeah, that would probably be the best. Awesome. I, I love it. So thank you so much for being on our podcast today. Yeah. Help us realize our goal, which our goal is to educate and empower individuals to take charge of their own health. And yes. you have definitely helped us realize that goal. So thank you so much, Greg. It was awesome. Happy to be here, Sean. Thank you. And listeners and viewers, thank you for tuning in to Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. Tune into our regularly scheduled podcast, uh, 12.30 to 1.30 Pacific Standard Time, Monday. I'm not sure who our guest is, is yet, but it's going to be a good one. So thank you all for tuning in. Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. Thank you.